following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to Just End the Show, where it never gets any easier. The Jets drop an interesting one, 33-18 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a surprising loss, but uh, a pretty good game up until about the third quarter, I would say. Yeah, and, uh, you know, once again, we're podcasting after a game and contradicting our previous podcasts uh, in some ways. I Yeah, I thought that uh, we were pretty much, you and I were pretty much at the point of no return with Zach Wilson after last week. And uh, I don't know what order we want to get into it in, but, uh, you know, I was, uh, I would say I was pleasantly surprised by Zach. I know the... Uh, Stats aren't going to totally back it up, but there's two things. Like, I'd like to uh, issue a, a small apology to Zach Wilson for our uh, our segment last week. Though we though we have to say we were right about one thing. Gardner Minshew is awesome. We knew it. You you said it the first podcast of the year. You were like they should have picked up Gardner Minshew. So Seth wins this round. And and I and we're both high on Minshew. Yeah, Minshew Mania. This is the it's Min- back. welcome to the Minshew Mania podcast. Yeah. Uh, 2.0. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I don't think I owe Zach any apologies. I don't <laughs> think he fully talked to me off the ledge uh, since our last show, but obviously he played better. He couldn't have played any worse than than last week. So obviously this is true. um we saw a lot better throws from Zach Wilson and we saw some some accurate throws on the run from Zach, which was nice to see him really like show off uh, the athleticism that was advertised. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, obviously he was much better in this game. There's no question. But he also had too many of those just god-awful throws where you're like, well, that's like the interception, again, wasn't a rookie decision mistake. That was just a huge overthrow. He he had a few overthrows. He he had a couple bouncers. So I'm, I'm still not totally off Zach Wilson bust island, but we'll see. We'll see if he throws me a rope uh, between now and the end of the year. Yeah, I I would say I'm not totally off of the bust possible uh, bust possibility either. But I think when you see a game like this, it does like you say the arm angle thing is one thing, or, or sorry, the making the plays on the run. He had a couple cool sidearm arm angle things that was sort of like an ad, that was an as advertised coming out of BYU trait with him it was kind of the Mahomes like playmaking ability so we saw a tiny bit of that and I honestly just thought particularly in the first and second quarter I thought he was actually making the check down throws he wasn't always looking for the big plays and he's he's finding guys and and we've already been high on Elijah Moore on this podcast before but it seems like uh, those two are clicking really well which is great um, so I don't know I'm I'm realizing now that it, I feel like coming out of the last game I think I said something along the lines of like Zach Wilson is our biggest problem let me be perfectly clear to our loyal podcast listeners the real problem is that this team is absolutely terrible defensively i mean they are so bad they mentioned it on the broadcast right but they had the ball in the third quarter for 70 seconds i mean that's not great and that's something that obviously you can't put pin on on wilson they had the one three and out and he, he had a bad play in there but you can't 
I mean, it just, you obviously cannot win football games like that. And the only stop they got, the only time the Eagles punted was with less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's, that's, or maybe there was a slightly more than two minutes left. I can't remember. But either way, you have to get more than one stop in a game. That's my expert analysis on that. So let's not bury the lead. The, the defense is, is atrocious. They're probably, you think they're the worst in the league? defensively yeah you know it's not good when the cbs g team announcing crew starts <laughs> editorializing during the game during the, the fourth quarter uh did you know do you hear that Kev? i think it was andrew catalan on okay. the call y- yeah. the jets gave up a third and 19 and he says how does that yeah, happen how does that just, happen? just just openly stunned at how bad the defense is. Not like, oh, nice grab by Watkins. They find him for the first yeah. down. Not unbelievable that the Eagles had converted yeah. a third and long, but just like, how, how does, that... does that happen? As a <laughs> as, as a minor note here, so Andrew Catalan is actually, he was the Albany local sports anchor for years around here before he got the NFL job. So it's always funny. Uh, I mean, he's actually been at CBS now for like six or seven years or something. He's been around longer than you think. But yeah, I was wondering about that. I'm like, I can't tell. I can't tell if he hates the Jets or if he's such. He's a Jets fan, and he's just like, how how is this happening? Like he's watching it like the rest of us. I don't know. But uh, oh well, ba- actually, that explains a lot from this call. I <laughs> yeah. I, I, w- I think he is a Jets fan. He might be based on the, based on the way he called Sunday's game. That's interesting. So you've got the the feeling when you watch Andrew Catalan. That's like the same thing when Mets fans will watch Kevin Burkhart on the Fox calls. Kevin yeah. Burkhart's like the number two. Fox play-by-play guy right after Joe Buck. And yeah. we're like, I remember you, and you were like the Mets stadium like the, guy on us and why. You were Steve Gilbs, yeah. Yeah, he would walk around. Yeah, remember he would walk around and interview, like, old people in the stands and stuff. You're like, look at you now, man. <laughs> he would eat, like, all the foods from around the stadium and yeah. be like, Kevin rules. And that, yeah, exactly. Look at him now. <laughs> look at him now. Obviously, you know, the, the third and 19 itself was ugly. <sighs> the bigger defensive laps even actually came a couple of minutes after that. There was a fourth and three for the Eagles on their own side of the field. They're yep. up by nine points. Up nine the points. Eagles put yep. the offense on the field. Uh-huh. They're not going for this. They're on their own side of the field, and they're up by nine. It doesn't make any sense. Man. So, so, so this is one of the situations when you've got a veteran leader like C.J. Mosley who's out there going, all right, guys, don't jump, don't jump. They're like This is an obvious. We're just going to drop off sides and punt. And C.J. Mosley, of all people, jumps and gives the Eagles a free first down. <laughs> At uh, two, C.J.? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I th- I'm pretty sure Catalan let out an audible, unbelievable. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's got to be a all fan. people. How does that happen? Um, now, do you think that the center, the center, kind of squeezed the ball, and so then the Jets were all going, "Oh, that's it!" But I'm like, I, I, I don't know if that that counts. I don't think that they count that as a false start if you squeeze the football. He's the, he's the center. I think you're allowed to do that. But that, that either way, not... like you're saying, just stand there. You know that, like, yeah. How is it if it's if it was somebody else? If it was like Pinnock or one of these scrubs out there, that's one thing. But come on, CJ, you know that this is not the deal. I don't know. That was that was that was a real heartbreaker. Yeah, like you have to know better. Everyone watching at home is just saying to themselves, "Don't jump, just don't jump." Just don't like jump. The, every the, there's a, there's twelve of these every week throughout the NFL as we go into quarters and half times and situations like this. Um, just don't jump, and of course, uh, CJ does. So you talked about that the Jets' defense really just couldn't hang in this game from start to finish. They just don't have NFL-caliber players out there in the secondary, uh, like we talked about. Um, I think Bryce Hall has a shot to be a number two or a number three corner in this league, um, but he should never be a number one. He should never be a starter. 
Uh, and obviously, Michael Carter II, I think, has a good chance at the nickel. But, you know, listen, they're, te- they're playing two fake NFL safeties, and short of Mosley, who we've already bashed, are playing really two non-NFL caliber linebackers. So the linebacker play and the secondary play in this game was predict- predictably bad. And when you get a quarterback like Minshew, who's, like, pretty accurate when you give him some time, like, he was just going to pick him apart all day, and that's what he did. Dallas Goddard went off on us. They had yeah. no answer for Devontae Smith or yeah. even Quez Watkins. So this was going to be – we knew this was potentially going to be a long day for the secondary, and that's that's really what we got. Um, you, you had a point. You texted me about Jason Pinnock during the game. <laughs> uh, that I think he should go back to selling jerseys outside the stadium. Was that the one I sent you? <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I'm sure you're a nice guy out there. But oh my, if you're listening, no, it's uh, look. I mean, we we've beat up on the, the the talent level on this team all year, but there's no other way to put it. And and frankly, uh, the secondary is one thing. It's they're not doing anything well defensively. I mean, they're not they're not even stopping the run, and that's like something that. Just in years past, it would always be like, well, if there's one thing, it's like you, it's hard to run on the Jets. You know, you can throw all over us, but it's hard to run on them. You can you can move these defensive linemen around now in a way that you you, you shouldn't have been able to before. I feel like there were weeks, the past couple of weeks, we were saying, yep, they're getting torched in the secondary. We knew this was going to happen, but at least the defensive line held up. Now they're not playing well. They have no the middle of the field is wide open because they're basically trying to prevent. <laughs> big plays and that's not working they're giving up big plays as well they're getting their their uh, teams are able to move the ball they're able to get chunk plays there's nothing good to say they 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 don't do they're not, they're not doing anything well i mean there's really nothing no and the defensive line it seems like plays well against crap teams against crap offensive lines and anytime they have to face an offensive line that's average or better that seems like they have a tough time getting home I mean, they really didn't put any pressure on Minshew in this game. Uh, he's a little crafty in the pocket. He's got some good pocket awareness, I think, just as a reflex from being hunted uh, and chased <laughs> for his life every play yeah. in Jacksonville. Yeah. But um, so he's actually got better pocket awareness than people give him credit for. But it's not like he ever really had to use it in this game, I don't think. No, I agree. I mean, I like as high as we are on Minshew, people who are going off on this a little bit about how great he is, I'm like... There's there's a curve here. This is the Jets. We I think talent wise, this is the thirty second rank, the thirty second defense in the league. I mean, I just don't think that there's any that are worse than us. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, I could be wrong about that. Uh, but I made a point a while ago about like that. It seemed like there was a shift during the season where you know for a while we were actually praising the defense for being able to hang in games, and it just feels like that whatever that might have been like some kind of. Uh, you know, curve in in the rookie thing, and now we're hitting. You know, we're hitting the the bottom of the curve in terms of these players' development. Uh, if that's it, um, I, I I'm hesitant to blame coaching for what's going on out there. I I and I, I don't know how you feel about that, Seth. But to me, it's uh, this. It see, still seems to me like a talent issue. I I completely agree, and I think that third and nineteen they gave up is the perfect example. Yeah. So if you go back and watch that play specifically, uh, the Jets only rush four which means there's seven guys back sort of playing spread out in zones near the first down line, trying to prevent the first down. And they leave Quez Watkins all by himself. And you're like, how does that happen? How can it happen? You know, yeah. how to Salah let that happen? I think 32 out of 32 teams play the coverage that Salah played there. I mean, right. that's the, you're not going to play man-to-man on a third and that long. It's just like if one guy gets beat up the sideline, you know, you're, you're, you're giving it up. No, you're going to, you know, play everybody back. In, in his zone and, and, and come up and make the tackle. 
every other team plays that defense and the fact that the Jets can't execute it at all and we've talked about all year how this defense I, I think it's probably because maybe they're too young if you want to give them an excuse but they cannot yeah. grasp zone schemes at all the only success they've had all year is uh, playing man and then some quarterbacks just weren't able to torture them, weren't able to take advantage of the matchups yeah, um, but this this team can't play any sort of zone scheme, and I don't know if that's the coaching not coaching them up. I suspect that it's not. I suspect that they just don't have the 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 talent and the the football brains out there to really grasp these schemes. And I think in the performances like where they were able to hang in with teams like Tennessee and and Cincinnati, they were it was. You know, I think coming out of like the Cincinnati game, we're going, oh, Brendan Eccles. Hey, you know, there were these like little performances by people. Uh, Hall Hall is one, like you say, I think he's competent NFL level talented player, you know, so you get things out of him. Uh, and, you know, despite the thing with Mosley on this in this game, I think we're high on him. But it's just it's this problem that, you know, if you if you can't if you if you're this, I think, untalented, I don't even think I, I mean, I would have a hard time believing like, you know, Bill Belichick could coach this team to a bunch of wins. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it couldn't. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not saying that. You know, I, I'm not by any means like trying to make some comparison with our coach and Bill Belichick. But I'm saying that there's this. You know, I just wonder if at a certain level the disparity in talent reaches a point where it's it's not a coachable problem. That's like what I'm seeing. I know I read some things on like some of the fan sites and stuff, and people are down on the defensive scheme a little bit or down on Salah. But like you say, I don't, I don't see this as a scheme issue. So I think we're on the same page there. I I just think that they're just not talented enough. Hot take. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a break and then talk a little bit about the offense in this game. So as you watch the Jets offense in this one, the cream starts to rise to the top a little bit in the sense that Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder have pretty good games in this one and are able to separate pretty well, it seems like. And Crowder and Moore have really been two of the high points of the offense all year. Absolutely. I... uh... Always been a fan of Crowder. I, th- I think as most Jets, I think as a Jets fan now, we are just obligated to love Jamison Crowder no matter what happens. But yes, uh, it's good good to see him in the mix and uh, getting. Uh, he had that near touchdown. I know he's down on the one yard line, but uh, I'm I'm all over. I'm I'm all excited about more man. And it's it's uh, he's rising up the ranks of my potential jersey buy <laughs> that's never gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, man, I, I'm 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 high on him. It's really great to see Zach connecting with him but it's also he seems like a real playmaker and he's he's fast you know and uh and that was what we were promised coming coming into the season uh even though he had missed you know he had that injury but coming into the season we were promised that he this guy was going to be great and that they were going to be looking for him he's the number one option at this point i i'm i'm high on elijah moore man i can't get enough if if we can have if if zach can develop and they have a guy like that and you get michael carter back and healthy and he's playing like that that's something it's not nothing you know no, it's something. It's two legitimate playmakers on the offense. Um, this might turn out to be one of the best draft classes the Jets have really ever had when you think about Moore and Carter on offense and then Carter and Eccles on defense, coupled yeah. with, we haven't even talked about, their other first-round pick, Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think is playing outstanding. You know, it's it's a shame we don't get to evaluate Makai Becton on a weekly basis. We've only seen a little bit of Makai over two years. But I think Vera Tucker has been fantastic this year, really under the radar. I think he's having a great rookie year. 
and it'll be fun to have those two foundational pieces on the left side of the offensive line, hopefully for years to come for this team. Yeah, and it's interesting how if you're thinking about grading Douglas on the draft stuff, Will, so much is hanging on the Wilson part of it, which is, you know, understandable. He's the second overall pick. You want, you want him to be a franchise guy. But I agree with you. Don't sleep on the fact that, like, yeah, he's he's actually seems like he's pretty good at tra- drafting, uh, you know, late uh, late round offensive, potential offensive weapon guys. And that's that's really great. I think if, uh, if they're able to, you know, we, I think we're still uh, in the wait and see. Should we say wait and see or <laughs> with Wilson? You know, we're still in that, that space hey, we're, or we're, wait, we're wait and hope. Wait. We're still in the wait and hope mode till the end of next year. I mean, there, there's no point yeah. in being in any other mode, really. So, you know, I mean, it, there's 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 some light at the end of that tunnel, I think, in terms of, uh, again, I, you, can't have a situ- you can't have a situation where your team has the ball for a little bit over a minute in a whole quarter. So they, but that's the, that's a defensive problem, you know. I think if, uh, if they're able to shore up the defense even a little bit and then have these offensive weapons and Zach going forward, I don't know, you know. Obviously, this year is a lost cause anyway, uh, so you just kind of hope that they can kind of ride it out uh, maybe pick up a garbage win here at the end of the year. Let's take a break and then we can get into uh, the special teams a little bit in this game. There's a lot to talk about here. Oh boy. We didn't note the big return from Braxton Berrios right at the beginning of the game, which I don't know about you, but I was like getting a cup of coffee and I came back in and I'm like, how are they at the 20 yard line? Didn't this game just start? <laughs> like <laughs> I missed it. I had to rewind it. But it's funny you say that because I had the exact same problem. I thought that I missed the beginning of the game. I was like, did oh, did I did I miss a play? Did, did like, they throw a bomb or something? Or what? <laughs> Is this a London I, game? Wait, was I, tur- what quarter? I, 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 I turned around for two seconds. Yeah, I mean, that was that was wild. What a way to start for. Berrios, who has been, I think, another bright spot. In fact, I'd like to see a little bit more Braxton Berrios. You hope that the if there is a silver lining to the season-ending injury of Corey Davis, it's that maybe this is a chance for Berrios to step up, and maybe, just maybe, this is a spot for Denzel Mims to get into the lineup. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't okay, want to see Mims- Jeff Smith in garbage time. We don't need Jeff Smith in garbage time. Corey yeah. Davis is out for the year. This is the perfect opportunity to let Mims play. There's Joe Douglas is swatting away trade offers for Mims every week. Apparently Uh, other teams want other teams want this guy. That's what the papers are saying. So if you're not going to trade him, you at least got to see what you've got at him. So I really hope that he gets some of uh, Corey Davis's snaps here as we wind down this season. Yeah. The Davis thing is really disappointing. Uh, The Mims thing. Okay. He came in and got a penalty immediately, but then he did. uh, He did have a reception late. I don't know. I mean, Uh, unless you want to talk about, Alex Kessman, may he, oh, may he rest in peace. May he rest. Do you think, like, after you missed the second point after, like, uh, do you think, like, Sala just pulls him aside and he's like, hey, you're still a young man, you know, the Coast Guard, there's things available, you know, there's options. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen I mean, to the Air fair, Force he... when you're 30, you know, you're good, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I is it bad that I assume that he finished college because he's a kicker? I feel like... I feel like kickers don't jump out early, right? He probably has a degree in something. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got you know he's got a communications degree, so he can start a Jets podcast someday. He's got his whole life ahead of him. I uh, <laughs> no, I mean that was that was almost uh, hard to watch because yeah, I, I mean obviously in the regular person context, it's an insane amount of money. 
But in NFL context, it's like a meager salary, right? But yeah. imagine like you, you lost out on like a $500,000 a year job in front of <laughs> like tens of thousands of people yeah. just saw that you were bad at it and were fired. I mean, that's just that's just a rough feeling. I do feel bad for him in that way. You, you want to make one, you know, you get if you got the spotlight on you, you want to make one of them, you know, e- even if you're not going to have a real career. It's like, well, I, I you know, I made yeah. a point after like he could tell tell his kids that or whatever. But sorry, Alex. Yeah, he'll be lights out for the Pats in like three years. He'll be like the greatest <laughs> kicker of all time. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be the next Adam Vinatieri for somebody else, I'm sure. Um, I did think, though, it was hilarious when Sala just went for two on the third touchdown. Yeah. Like, after the second miss, he was just like, all right, fuck it. This yeah. kid, like, they, like, he was already out on just the idea of kicking. <laughs> I can, even though this didn't happen, don't you just imagine he's, like, trotting out to the field and Sala's like, no, 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 you're, you can hit the showers, dude. You're good. The Jets are on, I believe it's their seventh kicker in the last five years. Yeah. Is that, do I have that right? It's, um, you sent it to me earlier today. I think it's something like that, yeah. So uh, after the Jets let their Pro Bowl kicker, Jason Myers, walk to Seattle, so they let him go to Seattle, and they replace him with uh, Kare Vedvik, yes. who played one game in 2019. Do you remember I, him? I am a Swedish kicker. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> he hit the he hit the post in, like, I think one of his first kicks, and that was our, our friend Dan sent me that text. I am a Swedish kicker. I'm here to fix your post. <laughs> That's an always sunny <laughs> reference for people out there. Anyway, sorry. Yes, I do remember him. <laughs> yeah, Vedvik uh, officially uh, was 0 for 1 on field goals, 0 for 1 on extra points. He only lasted that one game. Yeah. They replaced him with Chase McLaughlin, who for played one game in 2020. He uh, hit both of his extra points, did not have time to attempt a field goal before he was cut. Barely remember him, but yes. <laughs> yep, I don't remember him at all. I'm sorry, Chase <laughs> McLaughlin. Uh, he was replaced quickly by Sergio Castillo, yep. who played six games in 2020. Uh, Castillo was 61.5% on field goals, 8 for 13. So not NFL caliber, but also <laughs> not awful. And he hit six out of his seven extra points until... He was replaced by Sam Ficken to end the 2019-2020 season. Sam played the last 15 games that year. And Ficken, I actually thought, uh, was one of uh, the better kickers that the Jets had that year. Yeah. He was officially 32 for 42 on field goals, 35 for 41 on extra points. So not great extra point numbers. but Not yeah. great. Yeah, but compare, yeah, in, in, on a sliding scale of Jets kickers, he's actually, recent ones, he's, he's, he's kind of up there. So they are bringing in Eddie Pinheiro, right, as far as what I'm reading about this, or he's already on the team? Yep. Yeah, they, they signed Eddie Pinheiro this week. He's already on the team. Alex Kessman has already been cut. The newest uh, Jet kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, he actually hasn't played since 2019. Since, yeah. But he did make yeah, 80, 82% of his field goals and 93% of his extra points for the Bears. Yeah. I, I, I This whole this this is just a confounding problem compared to these other issues that really do take a lot of, like, you know, planning, whether it's trying to build up your team through the draft or free agency. And it feels like kickers, like all, every other team in the league can just kind of find one. So I don't know. Like, I'm kind of looking at this being like, has Pinheiro just been available the whole year? Like, could could they have just had him in like week three? Like, I mean, I get we weren't totally out on Amendola until recently, but uh, it's a really strange uh, problem for Joe Douglas. I don't really understand what what his uh, what his hang up was with kickers. Maybe it's just a total bad luck streak. 
Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a problem most other teams don't have. No, it does seem that way, doesn't it? Especially when you look at teams like Steelers or the Ravens, who seem to have had their kickers for the last dozen years. You know, you've got Mason yeah. Crossbar and, and Green Bay, <laughs> who's having an awful year, but at least he's got some staying power. This is just a very Jets problem, not being able yeah. to find your franchise kicker. When you, when you say it's not like finding a franchise quarterback, franchise kickers are often free agents. So... It's just a matter of yeah. um, the the GM once upon a time not valuing the kicking game, not valuing the advantage of having a real kicker, and he didn't want to pony up. I know it's a salary cap league; he didn't want to donate that much of a percentage to the kicker. But you know, as we watch these games every week, this stuff matters. How how do you get into a situation where it's this bad? Like I think you know, it seems like there's what there's like two or three kickers that are like amazing in the league. And then there's two, and then there's like a couple teams each year that maybe have a, you know, like you're saying, like with Crosby, where it's a guy who's too, who's just been around forever, so he's losing, he's losing it. But you know, there's there's this huge swath of teams in the middle between those like very few on the either end of that spectrum, where like you can barely even name the kickers that they have, and they kick like eighty something percent of field goals. You know, it just feels like it's, it feels like I I don't know. I mean, if Pinheiro comes in here and he's he's good or at least competent at the, at the level that he had been in the past, then then this problem is, is solved and we can move on from it, at least for this season. But um, Joe Douglas, you got to you gotta figure this out, man. This is like the smallest, like I don't even know what the analogy would be like. It'd be like, you know, like you, you're trying to like build a car and like we can't get the right like air freshener thing. It's like, this is not a problem. We should just be able to figure this out. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of other issues going on here that he needs to be focused on with the defense and with the development of Wilson and the offensive weapons. And it's like, y- you know, uh, yeah, let's just uh, let's get let's get Eddie in here. And hopefully he's uh, he's still got he's still got something. Let's take one more break. And I want to talk about next week's matchup with the Saints. <laughs> Is Taysom Hill starting, do you know? I'm not sure he'll be starting this game, whether it'll be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or Trevor Simeon. I know Taysom Hill looked really bad last week. Yeah, I I was going to say, if he is starting, then this might be one where I, I would uh, say that we got a shot because, man, he as bad as our defense has been, uh, he was so bad in that, in that Thursday night game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Taysom Hill didn't do anything to scare you if you're the Jets, even with their defense and I think this is definitely a game that not only they can win I think that as long as Alvin Kamara doesn't play and Taysom Hill starts a quarterback that they will win I don't think that Taysom Hill can pick this team apart the Jets are at home all three of their wins if I'm not mistaken have come at MetLife Stadium so they're not nearly as bad at home as they are on the road if this game is in the dome I think that's a different story and I don't know I just got I've got a feeling about this one. I mean, the Saints also don't have the skill players to take advantage of this Jets secondary. So they're more of a a, a run offense. And so if they're missing Kamara, they're really done for. If they have Kamara back, I think that the Saints probably win. But assuming he doesn't play, I kind of like the Jets in this one. They're officially getting five points, which means Las Vegas doesn't know what's going to happen in this game either. Exactly. That's the other thing I'm like... With the Jets team this bad, only getting five is that that that's a real sign of disrespect from Vegas to New Orleans. So, 
I I would I would tentatively I think all year like I have been the one who's like stay away don't bet the Jets don't do this I don't know I might take the points Seth I might do it ride it out you know I mean they'll get killed and I'll be like kicking myself like why did I do it but screw it five points yeah let's do it I agree At home this is a definitely a, a, a Jets plus five game in fact I'm gonna call this for me anyway a Jets money line game it's it's hovering right or, right around plus two hundred. So Do for, you dare? So for a double or money bet, I actually like the Jets in this game. And I think if you're willing to bet them plus five, why not go for the Jets money line? The Saints recently have been especially bad. They got off to a little bit of a hot start this year. But like I said, they've lost five in a row and they've had blowout losses to the Cowboys, Bills, and Eagles. They lost to the Eagles by 11 points. So that's I think that that's relevant. They got beat by the Falcons this year, 27-25. So they gave up 27 points to the Falcons offense. That's probably pretty telling. I don't know. Yeah. I just have a good feeling about this one. Uh, the only thing that would that would throw me off a little bit would be if the if it's one of these games where the offense is super inefficient, they're coming out and just three and outs in the first first half, then I think and somehow if New Orleans is able to put points on the board, I, I don't trust this Jets team at all once they're down a little bit. You know, you almost have to come out firing. Otherwise, I, the whole thing could go downhill. But like you say, I mean, it just feels like this is uh, this is kind of like shaping up to be like the, the week from hell potentially for New Orleans. So I'm, you know, cautiously uh, optimistic heading into this game. So, you know, tune in next week, folks, when you can hear us uh, – complain about how bad they are again and how and how did we lose to new orleans yeah the, the trevor simeon five touchdown game we never would yeah. have seen this how one coming how <laughs> we're like we the had simeon, that guy simeon revenge terrible. game oh, oh there's simeon there's your sexy game. narrative Ooh. cbs or whoever has the game <laughs> put that on the screen you know yeah the trevor simeon revenge game real locker room <laughs> fodder for the saints yeah exactly yeah there's good there's a lot of bad blood there win it for trevor <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well that's gonna do it for us at just end the show enjoy the jets and the saints enjoy all of the games next week everybody we will be back next week kevin take us out just end the show just end the show